Welcome back to another episode of This Week in College Viability. My name is Gary Stocker. It's August 28th. It's been a long summer of following college closures, both actual and imminent, that it has always been the late summer PR season that captures my interest and angst. And today I've got a few stories I want to share that came across the wires the last week that I want to touch on that highlight the serious, what I think is a serious lack of transparency we are seeing in too many college, college leaders and the colleges themselves today. And I'm going to go to the western part of Illinois and Quincy University. And if you follow me on my posts with the College Viability app and the analysis of private colleges, you'll know Quincy does not stand out as one in particularly good shape. They have a large amount of debt. Their enrollment has been down for many years. And yet here's some of the things that come from the article. And this is from um, QU President Brian McGee. And he talks about a very large and very exciting class at Quincy University. What does that mean? Very large and very exciting? That's has no meaning whatsoever. He goes on to say that, or the article goes on to say, that Quincy University welcomed 300 freshmen last year, a 33% increase from the previous school year. Does anybody want to guess what year was prior to 2021? It was COVID year. It was the year when almost every college had decreased enrollment. And so to compare both 2021 and 2022 to 2020 as showing substantial increases in enrollment is, is I think, not particularly transparent and somewhat, somewhat deceiving. Mr. or Dr. I can't remember, Dr. McGee, Mr. McGee, goes on to say that they're adding more and more academic programs and new athletic programs. Who isn't? You'll hear me say this over and over again. And in theory, and maybe even in practice, there's nothing wrong with adding new academic programs, with adding new sports teams. Here's the only guarantee that you get, though, by adding that new kind of content. Costs. You're guaranteed startup costs for creating new courses, creating new programs, creating new degrees, hiring people to prepare and teach those classes. And we're in a day and age when the costs are a big, big issue, but really what these colleges are hoping for is materially significant revenue coming to them after they've absorbed these costs. And here's why that's not going to happen in almost all the cases, because everybody else is doing the same or similar things. They're adding more programs, more majors, maybe some more sports, and all they do is, in a combined market, they continue the same intense pressures on tuition discounting. Um, some, people, some people call it scholarships, merit aid. You'll hear me talk about that regularly. It just is not a solution because everybody else is doing it, and there's no guarantee that additional revenue will come from that. Let's move on then to a story from Laura Denon from the Transylvania Times, and yes, there is such a place. And she, wrote, she writes a story about Brevard, or Brevard College's president, Dr. Bradley Andrews, and he had supposed some interesting and some concerning facts. And he, he appears, Mr. Excuse me, Dr. Andrews appears to have a good handle on the overall nature of higher education and the challenges that they face. And he says in part of the story, our business model depends upon students choosing to enroll here and choosing to pay tuition here. Absolutely. 
What Dr. Andrews doesn't address is the fact that tuition is not, is rarely, if ever, list price tuition. It's almost, hev almost always heavily discounted. And the average numbers today, for especially for small private colleges, hovers in the vicinity of 50 to 60%. Let's do the math. Let's say there's a private college out there with a list price tuition of $20,000. Make the math easy. Let's say their average discount is 50%. That's below average. We'll, we'll be nice and be conservative. So let's see. Let's get out the calculator. 50% of $20,000 is $10,000 in net revenue per student. It's not $20,000. It's half of that. Now, we will grant that the students who live on campus do provide an additional source of revenue through room and board. Those are extremely difficult to figure out what their net contribution is to colleges, but it is an additional net revenue source. I'll make the case it's not college life saving, but it does provide an additional source of revenue. Dr. Andrews goes on to talk about a very student-centered and student-focused institution. Let me pause while I reach for Kleenex to absorb such tender emotion. What does that mean? Student-centered and student-focused. He doesn't go on to define that, but even if he were to define that, I, I bet I could find that same quote for hundreds if not thousands of other private colleges, either from public relations posts, uh, news releases, press releases, or from their websites. It's not a differentiation. It's a commodity, student-centered and student-focused. Are some better than others? Almost certainly. Are some worse than others? Absolutely. But is that really what these colleges want to differentiate themselves on? He goes on to talk about um, the number of accredited post-secondary institutions in the country, and it's decreased by nearly 16%. Now, he's trying to make a case that Brevard College is not one of those that's going to have to close. And he's trying to make the number as big as possible to say, hey, while others are closing, we're not. But let's keep in mind that post-secondary institutions include public and both for-profit and not-for-profit private colleges. And data shows us, when we go to that data, that a preponderance of college closures are from for-profits. There are certainly an increasing number of non-for-profit private colleges not surviving today. And we see that story not every week, but almost. Um, so it's not going to change. Private colleges are going to close. Brevard colleges, and we'll look at their data another day, is going to be the one that faces trouble because they're, they're offering a commodity, just like every other college. He does make an interesting point that I want to point out, and I'm going to read this quote to you. And from Dr. Andrews, it translates, he quotes, he's quoted as saying, the, de the declining public confidence in colleges comes with an increase in regulatory burdens. That's the lead up. Dr. Andrews says it translates into state and federal legislators saying, hey, we need more reports about this or hold colleges more accountable for that, some generic references. And no matter how well-intentioned he goes on, or well-thought-out, or on-point those may be, and he argues that a lot of those are not so well-intentioned, or well-thought-out, or on-point, but even if all of them made perfect sense, Dr. Andrews from Brevard College says, it still causes us, his college and others, to have to hire people to be able to fulfill, to fill those regulatory burdens. No question. 
that is the case. Um, but that's the case for every college. And so what we're looking at now is, I will grant him the point, there are increasing expectations from public and private colleges across the spectrum to provide more data to government entities. I'm going to make the argument these government entities are covering their derrieres, to be nice. Um, but it's important to recognize that that's a cost that must be absorbed by these colleges just to stay in business. Is it right? Is it wrong? Maybe that's a discussion for another day. And finally, I want to go to a, a brief comment uh, from Higher Ed, excuse me, Higher Ed Dive, and Laura Spitalniak, uh, the associate editor there, had a story this past week about two University of Wisconsin campuses considering layoffs. They're on opposite sides of the state, east to west, uh, University of Wisconsin Platteville, its budget will be short uh, about $10 million, not quite. And UW Parkside, I think that's on the east side of Wisconsin, expects a budget deficit of $4 million. Now, the argument that the colleges are making and, and that uh, Ms. Patelniak uh, cites here is that our politics involved. Duh. When are politics not involved? But that's really, I think, beside the point. The politics involved are part of the market. You can agree, you can disagree with what the Wisconsin legislature is doing, with what the Wisconsin governor is doing, but these colleges are facing pressures to provide education with fewer and fewer students enrolled, and so logically the cost per student goes up. Costs are high, enrollment is down, that's the math that you get. And so it's, it's not just private colleges that are facing this challenge. Now, I will tell you many times that public colleges will rarely, if ever, close. There are way too many politics involved. Just isn't going to happen. We saw the mess in Connecticut uh, this year and last when they combined the, the uh, community colleges in Connecticut. It was a mess, but they got it done. But the point is that when parents and students are looking for colleges, and they've made the decision they're going, to go, they're going to go public for whatever reason, and we'll talk about that another day, that public colleges, while they aren't going to close, they are almost certainly, especially these regional ones like Wisconsin Parkside and Platteville, um, they're, going to, they're going to cut majors. They're going to cut courses. They're going to cut programs. And one of the pieces of advice I would give to others, and I would encourage you to share as well, is that when your student, your family member, your friend, your neighbor, is looking at colleges, and they're looking at private, excuse me, looking at public colleges, ask the folks there at those public colleges, especially the regional ones, not the University of Wisconsin or the biggies, ask them about the major that your student is considering. Ask what the enrollment has been in that specific major for the last five to 10 years. I doubt they have data tracking that much, but you can ask. Ask what the, what the trend has been, and if it is a disconcertingly negative trend, you really want to ask the question, is this major, is this program at risk? And no matter what answer you get, you want to think through if that's the right college for your major, for your student. We'll continue later on with additional updates from stories coming across the wires on enrollment as, a, as the 10th day of classes will approach starting this coming week. And we'll follow the stories and all the spinning that goes on for colleges that want to say they have more students, but they don't really have more students. And we'll go over that next time around. This has been This Week in College Viability for August 28th. My name is Gary Stockett.